All right. Good morning, Life Church. Good morning. Let's try that again one more time. Good morning, Life Church. There we go. Much better. Thank you so much for being here today. How many of you are enjoying uh, the fact that snow is coming probably in like October? All right. I'm with you. In uh, first century Judea, the time when the New Testament uh, was written, uh, the world was very, very different uh, than the world in which we live today. How many of you know that? that uh, they didn't have Twitter, Facebook, they had none of that stuff. So just so you know, um, all right. how many of you grew up like in the 80s where there was nothing? All right, yes, except really good music. Um, it's debatable. <laughs> But in the, in the first century uh, Jewish world, uh, most of the folks who lived during that time uh, lived off of the land, um, very, very small plots uh, that they would, uh, they would farm, and it was very much a day-to-day -day kind of living. The average Jewish, um, you know, the Jewish man, you know, uh, lived there with his family in a very, very small home. Uh, made out of mud bricks, probably, and, and had uh, some sort of uh, wood kind of roof and uh, uh, was a very tough existence. Uh, we are currently experiencing um, right, uh, some uh, lack of rainfall issues uh, here in Utah, and we're actually going to be praying in just a, just a few minutes uh, for everything that's going on. Um, but for them, it was life or death. It was very much this, this idea of day-to-day. -day. Um, occasionally, this uh, first-century Jewish farmer would make their way into the market to buy things that they needed for, uh, for their home, maybe for their family. Uh, this was uh, not, again, a guarantee because it was day-to-day. The neighbors in the same village, uh, which the villages probably were a thousand people, would be considered a large village. Two thousand would almost be unheard of, very small kind of, uh, kind of living. And uh, more than likely, their home uh, was, had like a shared courtyard with four or five other families with their homes around. And so you better love your neighbor. How many of you love your neighbors? How many of you do not? No, don't do that. Um, the Jewish man's wife uh, would prepare meals, would ma uh, made and would uh, wash the clothing. I, I remember years ago uh, when I was, you know, a good husband, very, very new to this whole uh, marriage thing. Uh, maybe I didn't have quite as much wisdom as I have now. I've got a little bit more uh, wisdom in the last 20, what, 29 years. Um, but I got my wife a sewing machine, and I was so excited. I was excited. Because I told her, I said, sweetie, now that you have a sewing machine, <laughs> you can make dress shirts for me. <laughs> if you've ever sewed, you know that that's not an easy thing to do. And I was like totally oblivious to the fact that that, it's just easier to go to the store and buy <laughs> a shirt. Instead, she would make me like MC Hammer pants. So that was uh, very exciting back then. Uh, but anyway, um, the, uh, the Jewish man's wife cared for the children, uh, sometimes would have their own little small business or things like that within, uh, within the home. Um, the, uh, within that first century Jewish world, the mortality rate for those young Jewish wives was quite high. Maternal and neonatal mortality were very, very high. Uh, the taxes of the system were about potentially up to 50% of all income went to taxes, and so it was the source of much uh, poverty within the first century Jewish world. 
There were artisans in Jerusalem. Jerusalem would be the metropolitan area, right? You know, uh, thousands of people would live in Jerusalem, uh, still not nearly as large as the cities we have today, but thousands of people would live there. And there were some artisans, some workshops and things like that for, the, for that area, people in the, uh, that lived in the city. Uh, the Sea of Galilee, there was a thriving fish economy as there was on the, on the Mediterranean Sea. But the people... Nearly every person that lived in first century, uh, the Jewish world there, uh, was day-to-day living. Uh, one bad sickness for, uh, for the husband would lead to destitution for the family. One bad, uh, several days without work would lead to destitution for the family. Day-to-day-to-day was the life that they lived It was into this kind of daily life that Jesus had gathered together hundreds of people uh, to give what, uh, what what most people call the Sermon on the Mount. The Bible says that hundreds of people gathered around on the side of this mountain to listen to this teacher, right? That's what they knew Jesus as at this moment in Matthew chapter 6, or Matthew chapter 5, 6, and 7, was just this teacher. He was a nice guy. He gave some really, really good sermons, and that's what they knew him as. We know him certainly as much more than that. But these hundreds had gathered together, and Jesus was teaching to them and giving this Sermon on the Mount, teaching them ethics, teaching them how to behave, teaching them how uh, they should trust in the Lord to provide for their needs, what kind of attitudes they should have in the midst of troubled times, and so much more. And in the middle of this teaching time, Jesus begins to tell them about prayer. And this is where we have spent really the last month, a little bit over a month now, in dealing with and talking about the Lord's prayers right in the middle of this, uh, this incredible sermon that he gives uh, to this group of people that are living t- day to day trying to make ends meet. How many of us feel that way, right? We're kind of living day to day and we would love to have a little bit more margin. Um, And this is known in this middle of the teaching, this is known as for us the Lord's Prayer. And this is where we've spent our time over the last month. And as we have done, uh, this is a church of great exercise. And so we are going to uh, stand to our feet again, get our thigh workout for the day. And uh, we are going to uh, pray together through reading uh, the Lord's Prayer. And today's version is out of the New Jerusalem Bible. And uh, so Matthew chapter 6, verses 9 through 13 out of the NJB. And uh, here it is. We'll read all of this together uh, kind of as a prayer and also the word of the Lord. Here we go. Our Father in heaven, may your name be held holy. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we have forgiven those who are in debt to us. And do not put us to the test, but save us from the evil one. And if you wouldn't mind, remain standing here for a moment. Um, Our governor, uh, Spencer Cox, has, and many of you might be aware of this, but has issued a declaration encouraging people of faith to pray that this drought that we're currently experiencing, and uh, certainly we're at the very beginning of summer, uh, the snowpack is less than what it should be, 
And uh, so I thought it would be great for us as Life Church Utah together to join with the faith of many others uh, in the Salt Lake Valley and let us pray that there would be a breakthrough in this drought uh, so that our reservoirs would be filled, right? Our aquifers that are under the ground uh, would be filled. And uh, we could see a miracle take place in the state of Utah. And we recognize as we pray for this, it's not like we're just praying, okay, God, bless Salt Lake County, right? That's not what we're praying. Uh, the drought that we're talking about extends uh, to Arizona, to California, Nevada, I think even over into Kansas and Colorado and all of that. We need to see a breakthrough here in the Western United States. And so thought it'd be great for us together as the people of God. Let us pray for our state and really for the Western half of the United States uh, that we would see a breakthrough and a miracle of God's provision in water for us. And so join us uh, in prayer. Father, we are grateful that we have a God who is not far off. And Lord, you recognize and you understand and see the condition uh, of drought that is uh, really um, uh, affecting the, the Western half of the United States so God, specifically for Utah and then beyond that, God, to all of these surrounding states, we ask God that you would supernaturally provide uh, for, uh, for rain and uh, for a watering of this earth that you created. God, as we look at the upcoming a couple of weeks in uh, what man has seen in the weather forecast, God, there are a lot of sunny days. But Lord, we pray that unexpectedly that, Lord, there would be storms that crop up. God, that there would be rain that falls on the land. God, that you would replenish um, the, uh, the reservoirs, replenish the aquifers that run underground. Lord, we pray in Jesus' name that you would be glorified. That, Father, as answers to this prayer are made, that, Lord, people would understand and recognize and see that the hand of God is powerful and at work within our community. And so, Lord, we pray for the blessing of rain upon this, our community, and your people, God. We ask all of this in Jesus' wonderful and powerful name. And everyone said, amen, amen. All right, praise the Lord. God is a good God, right? And you can be seated. Thank you. So as we unpack the Lord's Prayer today, and as we dig into this a little bit, uh, just a quick reminder, as we started with the Lord's Prayer, we started with our Father, right? It reveals this intimate, revolutionary, powerful God who is close by us, but is also in charge over all. And so we have this God who is able uh, to uh, show himself as sovereign and powerful over all of the world. Then we moved into, uh, you know, God, make your name holy. And we realized that that holiness of God is not just his responsibility to prove, but it's our responsibility to live as well. That the lives that we live reveal the holiness of God. And so we take very seriously uh, this make God's name holy. We participate in that, uh, the answer to that prayer. And then it goes on. Last week, we talked about uh, the kingdom of God come, his will be done on earth as it is in heaven. This also is participation, that God and his sovereignty ultimately, right, we, we read the end of the book, we read the end of the Bible, we realize that ultimately his kingdom will come, his will will be accomplished on earth as it is in heaven. That final reality of the kingdom come is something for the future. But until that day, God invites us to participate in his kingdom now Right? And we reveal his kingdom through our lives, these holy lives that he asks us to live. As we were talking uh, with our life group uh, this, uh, this past week, uh, one of the things we came to realize that the structure of the Lord's Prayer is such that we get our eyes on the Lord at the beginning of this prayer, and then there's a natural move to another focus of the prayer. And, and so at the beginning part of the Lord's Prayer, and you might know this, and I've already talked a little bit about it, but there really are three uh, 
statements that are made that are directed outward, right, to God. And those are, may your name be made holy, may your kingdom come, and may your will be done. Right, so those three things are uh, projected outward to God. We recognize there's participation there, but really, this is all about God. Lord, let your name be holy, your kingdom come, your will be done. But then the second part of it, right, is almost like uh, Jesus is saying, okay, now that we've got that right, we got, where, where does all of our help come from, right? Our help comes from the Lord. We, as long as we've got all of that right, that outward looking right, then the prayer changes and all of a sudden it goes from mayor to some us statements, right? It kind of turns back towards us. And there are four statements there that we're going to uncover over the next several weeks. Give us our daily bread. Forgive us our debts. And that word debts there can also be interpreted sins. Forgive us our sins. Lead us not. This is the negative uh, us statement. Lead us not into temptation. And then it goes on to deliver us from evil or deliver us from the evil one. Those four statements stand kind of in contrast, but in partnership with the first three statements, the first may your uh, name be made holy, your kingdom come and your will be done. So we arrive at the second half of the Lord's prayer, which is for us today, give us today our daily bread. How many of you like bread? When I go to Olive Garden from time to time, bread sticks. The shape of them just like makes me, now I'm like salivating. I apologize, right? Those, it just, ah, bread, there's something about it. And so in light of what we know of the agrarian society that Jesus was speaking into, the culture that he was uh, bringing practical application to, the prayer that was prayed is incredibly powerful. Because this prayer that he prays is, God, give us today our daily bread. They were in a position, remember, that if something happened one day, the next day could be deeply impacted. And so they're saying, God, today we need bread. Today we need prayer. So today's Sunday. Today, God, we need bread. Monday comes along. Today, Lord, on Monday, we need our daily bread. And Lord, now it's Tuesday. Lord, we need our daily bread. There is a, a literal sense of fulfillment that Jesus is bringing out in this prayer. But really, the, the idea of bread can be broader than bread alone. And so we believe that Jesus is not just talking about literal bread, although that's part of it, but there's more to it than just that. And in fact, in bringing them into prayer with this setting of the earlier petitions, right, that are pushed out to God, let your name be made holy, let your kingdom come, let your will be done. When that is pushed out there and we get the right perspective, it really asks that our desires be fulfilled in God's way and in God's time. The problem is we often want it our way in our time, right? And then when it doesn't happen, our way and our time, we wonder, God, are you there? When all of this is about God's way and God's time because we got it right in the first place, Lord, your will be done, your kingdom come, your name be made holy. And since God himself is most truly the deepest object of our hunger, our deepest need is for him. Our deepest need spiritually is that he becomes the one who sustains us. Our relationship with him is made right. And in fact, earlier in the uh, Sermon on the Mount, as he's preaching to, his, uh, to the people that are following him, Matthew chapter 5 says this, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness for they will be satisfied. 
There's something about this hunger for God that we have, and God says, I'm going to fill that. I'm going to fill that ultimate desire that you have. And if we get that right, right, we start with that relationship with God, then something changes in the way that we present our needs to him. Right? Because all of a sudden we realize that need for a Lamborghini might not really be a need. <laughs> there might be something much deeper in our lives. And uh, how does Jesus start this prayer? Right? The, the Lord's Prayer, he starts it with our Father. I love that he does because we have a Father who is in heaven that wants to bless he starts with that picture of a father. And while many of us don't have great pictures of fathers, right? And I have tried to be a good dad in my life. I've tried to be the perfect father and have failed. <laughs> and that's okay. Um, but I really, when I, when I think about this whole idea of the father meeting the needs that we have in our life for wisdom, right? Uh, we, we've got needs that, um, that are tremendous in our life. And as a father, I want to meet the needs of, of my own kids. And again, I haven't done it all the time very well, but um, daily food is one of the things that my children ask for. And I've got to tell you, I am not that kind of dad that goes... What, you want to eat? Why? Well, really? Again? <laughs> I fed you yesterday. What is your problem? <laughs> Why are you bothering me again with the need to eat food? Right? As a father, there's a desire to bless. The desire to, to give my children what they need. I want to be able to bless them. In fact, my daughter, uh, my youngest daughter, Catherine, who sings up here, uh, she came to me before, for, before first service and says, hey, Dad, I need a little bit of cash. I need a little bread. <laughs> right? And I just have, I never carry cash, but I happen to have it on me, and I couldn't lie to her. <laughs> and so I wanted to bless her and to give her a little bit, and I asked her for it back a little bit later, so... Not really, <laughs> right? So as a dad, right, as a father, my desire is to bless my kids, to recognize that my children have daily needs, and so I want to be able to give to them what they have in the way of needs. And I think as Jesus prays this prayer, give us this day our daily bread, I think that he does have in mind more than just food. That we can bring whatever is on our minds and hearts to God in this action without fear or shame, because remember, we got it right with God in the first part. Because <laughs> God, we're turning our eyes towards you. We're turning all of, our, you know, all of our attention and our affection and our worship goes back towards you. And that begins to change what we see as our needs. And so when we get to our needs, we can present them to him without fear or shame. Whether that need might be trivial and you, in your mind, you go, God doesn't care about this. Yes, he does. Or you might seem like this thing is so huge. How can I bring this to God? Because it just seems so big in my life. God, God wants whatever is the smallest thing in your life to the largest thing in your life. He wants you to bring it to him. So don't be afraid to present your needs to the Father. Um, now, in the Lord's Prayer... We find it in the book of Matthew, chapter 6, and we also find it in Luke, chapter 11. The Luke version is a little bit shorter. But in, in the Lord's Prayer, there is this word for daily. 
And the word daily is very interesting. Can I teach you guys some Greek? Is that okay if we, we, go, we go do some Greek? All right, so after this service, you will be officially Greek, um, uh, Greek historians. All right, you ready for that? This is great. You can go home and say, hey, mom, dad, I'm a Greek historian. So this is great. Um, so the word in Greek that we find for daily is this. There it is. Right there. And so uh, I'll say that for you. Epiosion, okay, is epiusion, actually. Epiusion is the word. And so everybody say that after me. Epiusion. Let's try that again. Epiusion. All right, there it is. You now know Greek. You are fluent in Greek. This is the only Greek word you ever need to know. No. Um, epiusion is, is this word. And it is only found in the New Testament here in the Lord's Prayer. And it is only found one or two other times in all of the Greek, uh, written Greek language from that time. It is a very, very rare word. And because it's so rare, it's difficult for, um, uh, you know, uh, scholars to really fully understand exactly what it means. They do know that somehow this word daily is obviously tied into it, this, this idea of daily. And um, with this... There's really kind of two big ideas about what this word might mean. The first one we've already talked about is this idea of daily means daily. And this ties in with the context of what Jesus is speaking to the, uh, to the Jewish uh, people, the Jewish farmers, the Jewish individuals who are there on that day listening to him speak and to teach this idea of day-to-day -day needs that we have, that our Father who is in heaven, <laughs> whose name is holy, whose will is going to be done, whose kingdom is coming, that he is going to provide for our daily needs. And that's fantastic. And for the people of God in that moment, in that day, the needs were being provided for them. They thanked God profusely for that need being met for that day. The day-to-day -day living that they had that was tough, it was awesome knowing that they had a father who was in heaven, who was concerned about them as individuals on that day. And so Monday, I pray for it. Tuesday, I pray for it. Wednesday, I pray for it. Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, right? I pray for the daily needs that I have. But there's also another possibility in this word daily. And there's actually some versions that you can read that pick up on this and kind of bring this nuance out. And because of the way that the Greek word is and where it is in the structure of the sentence and the way the accents are and all of that, the, the other way that we can interpret this, the other way that we can bring light to perhaps what Jesus was speaking about is this. That the idea is that the daily bread provided today is from the abundance that God has for us tomorrow. And God is like, I want to bring blessings into your life. And so just ask me and I'm going to respond. This idea can be translated that give us each day our bread for the coming day. In other words, God, bring your blessing and let that blessing rest on me today because the need is so great that I have. And God, I'm going to trust you with this request that I have that you're going to meet this need today. Do you understand? There's this idea of God. Really, the picture I have of it is God sitting on his throne, 
right? He is leaning forward, just waiting for you to ask him something specific, something saying, God, I need this today. Lord, there is a marriage problem that I have today, and I need you to meet this need. And God is up in heaven saying, I am going to pour out blessings on your life from tomorrow, from the next day, from beyond on you today, because I want you to know that I am a generous, loving, powerful, faithful God. Give us each day our bread for the coming day. God, may your generosity be displayed in our lives today that we are ready to face tomorrow with the knowledge that we have this generous, loving, powerful, faithful God, our Father who is giddy with blessing. He holds all blessings in his hands, right? And he is ready to pour them out on you. When you came in today, you would have received a, um, a card very similar to this one. If you did not receive one of those cards, can I have you just lift your hand really quickly? We're kind of right up against this time here, and I want to let you know what we're going to be doing with these. So you can just uh, raise your hand. Thank you right up here in the front. And at the top it says, give us this day our daily bread, right? This is, this is our moment. We're saying, God, this is the need that I have right now in my life. Perhaps it's not for sustenance. Your, your, your cupboards are full, and that's a beautiful thing, but maybe there is a marriage who today is the last day. For whatever reason, you guys have, have, have just not seen eye to eye, and you are here today, and you would say our marriage is on the edge, and we are trusting God one more time, Lord, do something within our marriage. Maybe you're here by yourself because your marriage is in such dire straits. Maybe you're watching uh, this morning and you are, your spouse doesn't know that you're watching this because of the trust that you are trying to have in God. Maybe there's a need right now uh, as a parent, helping to raise your children, trying to figure out how to answer a, a fear that your kids have, or maybe a night terror or something like that. You're going, God, this is a need that we have in our family and we don't understand it and we need you to come through on our behalf. Maybe something financial. I'm going to invite you to just begin writing down. The one I'm holding here says, my children's health. God, this is a need that I have right now, my, my children's health. So what is this that you're willing to trust God to say, Lord, I need this? Sometimes we don't have prayers answered, I think, because they might be so generic in nature. God, bring blessings to my life, Right? When God is saying, okay, wait, 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 wait. <laughs> Let's take a look at this specifically. How, what kind of blessing do you want me to bring in your life? God, I need a financial blessing. Okay, what kind of financial blessing? <laughs> what is the need associated with that blessing? Okay, God, there's a bill that I do not have money in the bank to pay for. And so God, I have this need that I need a blessing for. Okay, that's $627.38. That's the blessing that I need, God. And so, Lord, bring that blessing to my life. And God says, I'm ready. I'm ready. So write down whatever it is, something specific, right? Say, God, this is what I need in my life today. Maybe there's some mental health issues in your own life. You say, yeah, I'm really struggling with having the right attitude really struggling being able to see my problems correctly. Maybe there's an addiction that you just need a breakthrough in. Say, God, this is my need. 
Hopefully you've all had a chance to write something down. I'm going to invite you to stand to your feet as we, uh, as we close out. And as you might have gathered, um, for those who are astute and observant, uh, there's a whole bunch of these that are up here from first service. And uh, this becomes, right, our step of faith. We say, God, this is the need that I have. And sometimes we're really good about in the moment just saying, yeah, this is it, and then forgetting about it. But there's also something about taking that step forward when you say, God, this is my need and I trust you enough to go forward at church on a Sunday and I'm presenting this to you because, Lord, I trust you with this need. It's been bugging me for a long time. I've prayed over it maybe from time to time, but it hasn't been a focus, whatever that is. You'd say, God, I'm gonna trust you with this. We're gonna take a few moments as a, uh, as a church body and we're going to worship. Uh, song we've already sung uh, earlier today. We're going to worship. God, this, uh, there's evidence all around of what you have worked in my life. And God, this is one more of those pieces of evidence that God, you're going to come through on my behalf because I trust you and you're a generous, loving, awesome, holy God. And I'm going to give this to you. And so as we begin to uh, worship, what I'm going to do is invite you to come down uh, from the balcony as well. There's uh, stairs on the side, also stairs going down into the main lobby area. I'd love for everybody to come bring your request, lay it down here at the feet of the Lord, right? That's really what this is, and trusting him as we worship together. Stephen, if you want to go ahead and lead us. Of your goodness, God. All over my Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. God, every one of these requests being presented to you, God. Lord, these are daily needs, God. These are the things that we're facing right now. God, we need breakthrough, God. We need breakthrough, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. God, there are families that hang in the balance, God. Lord, there are marriages in the balance. God, there are jobs in the balance. Hallelujah. God, there's hope. God, there's faith being presented to you today. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God. There are promises that need to be fulfilled today, God. God, promises of your provision, of your grace, God. Hallelujah. Once you're finished, lift your hands up and let's worship the Lord. Hallelujah, God. We trust you, Lord. We trust you, God, with this. Thank you, God. I love this, Lord. I love seeing what you are doing, God, in our midst. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord, God. Your promises fulfillment, God. Hallelujah, Lord. Hallelujah. One more time. Let's sing that. I see the evidence. I see the evidence of your goodness all over my life. All over my life. I see your promises. I see your promises in fulfillment all over my life. All over my life. And so, God, we do see your hand in our lives. Lord, I thank you that you are concerned with what is perhaps the most trivial of needs in our life, God, all the way up to the needs that we cannot see around because they are so big in our life. And Lord, I thank you that you are faithful. And God, when we get our relationship with you, Lord, in that position of primacy in our lives, God, it really changes the way that we see our own needs. 
Because God, we see them through the lens of a God who is holy, a God whose kingdom is coming, but whose kingdom is also evident around us, a God whose will is to be accomplished on earth as it is in heaven. And so God, all of these needs that are here at this altar, Lord, we pray that you would, you would start right now meeting those needs. That, God, you would pull blessings from tomorrow and pour them out today, God, to meet the needs of these, your people. God, contained on these papers are uh, people's hearts and dreams. God, deep-seated needs. God, there is heartache all over these. God, we ask that you would be the God. Be the God, Lord, who provides for us today our daily bread, these needs that we have, we're desperate for. And God, as you begin to answer these needs, we recognize that some of these needs can be answered today. Some of these, God, just represent the starting point of the need being answered. And God, it might take a year or two years or three years for some of these needs to be met. But God, we trust you in your timing and in your way, God. Father, I pray for your blessing upon your people. God, I ask that, Lord, as your face shines upon them, the Lord, you would help us to recognize that you have called us to lead the people of the valley to be more like Jesus. And so, God, help us to trust you with all of our lives. God, to trust you with new opportunities to tell others about who you are, that, God, you would fill us with your spirit, that we would have boldness, that we would have new life, and that, God, your joy would guide and direct us. Lord, help us to represent you well in this world around us. Lord, we love you. We praise you. In Jesus' wonderful name, we pray. And all God's people said, amen and amen. God bless you guys. Thank you so much for being here today. And maybe God's blessing will start with a cup of ice cream, <laughs> right? And so please make your way out through the main doors out there uh, into our green space out there. We'd love to give you guys some ice cream and go grab it. Have a great day. God bless you guys. Oh,